Welcome to On Conscious. This is episode 23, Inside Out Beauty, an interview with Edible Beauty founder Anna Mitsios. Welcome to On Conscious. I'm your host, Liz Cook, functional nutritionist and founder of One Seed Organic Perfumes. As a naturopath, Anna Mitsios has a deep understanding of the workings of the human body and how disease can be prevented and managed holistically. So who better to create a skincare and wellness brand than someone who knows the topic inside and out, literally. In this episode, we talk to Anna about beauty, wellness, fertility, asking why, and taking a whole plant approach to skincare. It's something that I'm so passionate about doing with Edible Beauty is getting people to understand why their skin or or why their their health is as it is and and how they can change that rather than a band-aid fix which often results in often a negative side effect or um, the problem recurring again. So let's jump in. Anna, thank you so much for joining us on Unconscious today. It's such a delight to be able to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me, Liz. I'm really looking forward to our chat today. Talk to me first about Edible Beauty, both the company and the actual concept of creating beauty products that are edible. Sure. So I started Edible Beauty about seven years ago now. And what I was really wanting to do with with the company was actually have a holistic brand whereby we were providing people with both topical and wellness products that address beauty. Um, And so the really cool thing about the name Edible Beauty is that the ingredients that we use in our products are literally good enough to eat, um, but there's that double prong meaning, which also refers to the fact that a lot of the um, things that we can do to enhance our beauty can be actually addressed by things that we're eating. And so um, there's that wellness side of what we do, which is all about wellness supplements and products that you can take to address beauty concerns from the inside. Yeah, that's amazing. And we will talk quite uh, at length about that today too, because I know you have a real passion for ingestibles and the power of ingestibles for for uh, the beauty of your skin, but also anti-aging benefits and other wellness aspects as well. So we'll get into that very shortly. I understand that you had an aha moment when you were about 18 years old and diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. It's such a difficult age to be confronted by a life-altering disease and the idea that your life and your lifestyle couldn't be the same again. Can you talk to me about that experience and where the shift in your thinking around your health came from? Yeah, and no, I thank you for asking about that because it's something that I don't often talk about, but it was really the driving factor behind me becoming so passionate about nutrition and, and herbs and really um, changing the course of my life to to become committed to this as a career as well. Um, but I guess what happened was that I had the classic symptoms of, of diabetes. I was really thirsty, losing a lot of weight and um, kept on running to the bathroom du- during my university lectures. And um, I I was diagnosed as a, as a type 1 diabetic, which was a bit of a shock because no one in, in my family had it. And so um, I was in hospital for a few days, started injecting insulin with syringes at that time. Uh, the technology has really developed since then. Um, but one of the things I remember was sitting in the 
the clinic with the specialist who was looking after me and he said, stay away from all natural therapies with a 10-foot pole. And I just think it's so funny that I remember that because um, it actually, I I was that person that, you know, I'm put up to a challenge quite well. And so I thought, oh, well, actually, you know, interesting. I'm going to see how I can use natural therapies to, to help me <laughs> and so um, I remember Sandra Carbo's products were big at that time and she had a gymnema supplement for blood sugar control so I became religious for taking that I started reading books on um, you know reversing type 2 diabetes and then you know how it relates to type 1 and um, I guess I became really interested in in everything natural like everything from fasting to meditation to homeopathy to you name it and so I feel like that journey of mine has um, has really been sparked by that experience um but i guess that yeah i guess the 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 interesting thing about this was that when i was diagnosed i was studying a finance and economics degree and i i did complete that and i started this um career in in corporate finance which was completely different to what my calling was and i had started studying um naturopathy within you know two years of having started that that role and i thought well actually within about six or seven years i thought well i'm done with this i'm going to actually follow my passion and and i've sort of had enough of that world so um that's that's what actually brought me into the the fertility space and to to skincare and beauty products ultimately I love it that one irresponsible doctor told you, don't you dare touch this industry with a 40-foot pole, and so you jumped in. I love that fight in you, Anna. That makes me like you even more. Right, isn't it? I still remember remember sitting in that that office with him telling me that. But I do think it's, um, you know, it's something that we hear about all the time, isn't it, when we're put up with a a challenge or or we're told we can't do something and then it really prompts us to do quite the opposite. So I'm pleased to say that um, that there has been a good outcome of what was initially quite a a negative um, experience. Yeah, that's incredible. And have you found that managing – uh, well, understanding your illness and managing it from a holistic perspective has made a difference compared to, say, um, friends or or other patients that you know that have type one diabetes as well. Yeah, definitely. So I guess having having it myself and understanding um, my body and and how it responds. Um, from a hormone perspective, from a food perspective, from a lifestyle perspective, I think putting all of those things together really helps me understand, I guess, people's um, hormones and bodies and, and how, how I guess we're all quite different with in, in respect to how our hormones actually fluctuate and, and operate. But I do feel like it's given me that, I guess, in-depth understanding and, and that um, that real desire to understand and seek to, I guess, address things which I feel are out of balance as well. Yeah, and I think often with things like type 1 diabetes or anything else that we see as a fixed condition, and obviously many of them are like, you know, a lot of autoimmune conditions are fixed more or less. Um, I guess with illnesses like that too, we we can get into the mindset of, well, this is just what I have and we get almost ownership of it. So having a look at that sort of illness from holistic perspective can certainly give you, um, I guess, more a sense of greater control over your condition as opposed to your condition having control over you. Would you say that's true? 
That's so true. And I guess it is also, um, yeah, it's empowering to be in that position where, where you're not a disease, you don't associate with that disease, but you more have an imbalance that you understand how you can address and you're not at the mercy of doctors, you're not at the mercy of um, anyone really sort of telling you what to do because you have that in-depth understanding and um, and you can respond to that. And I, I feel like that relates to our skincare as well and, you know, our, our complexion because it's something that I'm so passionate about doing with Edible Beauty is getting people to understand why their skin or, or why their their health is as it is and, and how they can change that rather than a band-aid fix which often um, results in you know often a negative side effect or um, the problem recurring again um, but worse in you know in a, in, a, in a small space of time so you're spot on it's it's so empowering being able to be um, the master of your own health and wellness I guess isn't it it really is. And as you're saying that, my stomp, I can feel the passion. Like I know where my passion <laughs> points are because I'll be having a conversation with someone and I feel those knots in my stomach like, oh, this is my topic. Um, when you're talking about why, finding out why, that is so like my mission in life, you know, not just to ask questions why myself, but to, to get people that I know to ask questions, like dig deeper, get an understanding. Don't just um, take somebody's word for it or hear something on the grapevine or see it on Facebook and then just go, oh, that's how it is. Like find out why, find out why your body's like this, find out how your skin works. If you understand then from a skincare point of view, if you understand the mechanisms of how your skin works and cell regeneration and how ingredients, um, you know, what layers of skin are fed by ingredients and so on, you approach your skincare even in a different way that the whole thing is empowering when you ask why, isn't it? Uh, I, I love that. I totally agree. And I think we're, we live in this world where we we look up to these gurus that, you know, we follow on social media or, um, you know, these, these not so much celebrities these days, but these people of influence. And we just believe what they're doing and what they're using. And, and I think that that is just kind of like a bit of a herd mentality approach. Why not look further into it? Why not look at the ingredients on the back of your products? Why not look at, you know, what is in that perfume that you're using and understand it and then actually take a, a sort of considered approach to what you should do rather than what people are telling you to do. Um, and I think that being in a fast-paced society, we sometimes just um, give the power to others, but bringing it back to yourself is just um, – it's actually quite fulfilling, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And exactly the word you said before, it's so empowering. You really do feel like you're you're the boss of your own life then. You've got a background as a naturopath. So tell me about how your way of understanding the body and health naturopathically has informed the way that you've developed products for Edible Beauty and even how it influences the DNA of your brand. I think understanding our, our body and our and our health um, has really got gotten me to a point where I feel like we're overcomplicating things. And from a naturopathic perspective, I love that we can look at things from a more holistic and and like literally whole perspective. And so I I look at a lot of things where eating or using, and I just think, do we have to complicate it that much? Can we just use a lot of the whole things that are available to us? Um, by nature and actually use those to benefit us in the you know the best way possible and so I think that's really 
I guess that naturopathic background has really given me that understanding of you know the synergy of plants when they work together, the um, the the real power of some of those herbs and botanicals out there, and that I think we're underestimating them. Um, but there is a lot of scientific evidence around them now as well. And so I think what I love doing with with the brand and what's really um, coming through into the brand is taking and using things in their whole form and not complicating it too much. And, and I think that's where we go with the whole concept of that purity of ingredients in, in the skincare, but also in the wellness products. And so really looking at things in their whole form and how nature can be so powerful and how it can provide us. And I, I know it sounds cheesy, but really with these like gifts that we should actually be making use of because we are, um, you know, using so many resources and we're, taking a lot of time to to replicate them synthetically and do things like this when I feel like our efforts are probably better spent understanding what we've got readily available to, to us and how it can benefit us as well. I love that. Do you know, on that topic, I actually listened uh, earlier this week to an interview that you did with uh, some American hosts on another podcast. And um, one of the questions that they asked you was particularly about natural ingredients saying that you know, we don't really think that natural ingredients are quite as efficacious as synthetics and, you know, all the natural skincare products I've used before haven't been that good. And I just think there's such a misconception over what natural ingredients can do and what they're capable of. It almost seems to me a mindset. And I love what you said about harnessing the power of nature in its whole form, because I think we've taken such a reductionist approach even to natural products often. We're looking at derivatives and we're just looking at adding this plus this should equal this when in fact a lot of these um, extracts from nature, if you extract them in their whole form, already have such synergy between the different uh, natural chemicals that already have um, really strong particular actions, uh, you know, for skin and wellness and so on. They're already, nature's already encapsulated them in such a powerful way. So taking this reductionist view um, it has actually done us a lot of damage, I think, both in skincare, but also in wellness, in naturopathy, you know, with supplements, with herbs even. I think going back to what is nature giving us in its whole form is actually quite revolutionary. Oh, I, I love the way you've just described that because it is spot on. And I, I use the example of vitamin C and, you know, vitamin C people are a bit obsessed with in the skincare world, like you want that ascorbic acid um, in your skincare product. But why why do we want that when we can get a kakadu plum, which has everything from flavanols to quercetin to, to vitamin C to vitamin E, and you're getting all of that in, um, in a plant-based form, it's trapped in these molecules, which also means that it doesn't oxidize as soon as it's released into, into the atmosphere. And so why are we going in and stripping out the vitamin C from it when we can just be using this beautiful plant-based form that's available to us and which is so much more powerful than the constituent of the parts of it. So um, I love talking about that because I think that's what really sets, um, you know, that that naturopathic and holistic world apart from um, the scientific world of, or I, I should say, cosmeceutical world of skincare. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the synergy already exists there within the plant. So we don't actually need to manipulate it and chemically alter it to try to make it more synergistic. Um, And I guess the absorbability, the bioavailability within your body is a lot better when you're using a whole form of something as opposed to when you're just removing, removing a molecule. Same thing goes with supplements. You know, we say, oh, there's, you know, this much vitamin C in broccoli. That's not as much as if you took a 500 milligram vitamin C tablet but you're not absorbing the same and and as you say with your um with the natural synergy between molecules in a in a whole plant like in kakadu plum you don't have to have as much your body absorbs better and utilizes it better anyway that's spot on and i think you could probably borrow that whole philosophy into the world of fragrance as well i'm sure because there's there's so many things that we do from a synthetic perspective that just strips you know that the benefit of that that smell, I guess, or that essential oil, whatever it yeah. might be, a part, isn't there? Yep, absolutely. Yep, very much the same. Like in people don't realize in one drop of rose oil, it's not just rose oil. There's about 400 individual natural chemical components in there that all work synergistically to give the plant the benefit of the the natural VOCs, which when, when extracted, we obviously get the benefit. But when they're taken apart, those benefits um, are minimized if they're at all. It's incredible, isn't it? And I think, um, yeah, I think we can we can use that analogy in so many different respects. But yeah, we're, I think we're just overcomplicating things and need to be just using things that are pure in their pure form and readily available to us. Do you know what I love about this chat too? Is I think the more you get into the research about health and you kind of end up in circles sometimes and you de- do deep dives into things i think the more research you do and then perhaps perhaps it's an over 40s thing i'm i'm not saying i'm over 40 i'm just saying if i was yeah, yeah, <laughs> i think yeah. you you actually re- i am over 40 just in case you're wondering <laughs> i would have never I known think, <laughs> you oh, look incredible <laughs> it must be your products i'm using your um beauty reset drops that's what it is um you know i think I think you actually start to realize exactly what you said. We are making everything so much more complicated than it has to be. I was listening to a podcast this morning about biohacking and different things. And what occurred to me, even though they were talking about biomechanics and sprinting and and diets for sprinting, etc., what it came back to was the lady that was being interviewed was talking about once a week, her and her kids go for a beach run barefoot. And they were talking about the benefits of walking barefoot and barefoot running and and you know what I love about that? It's just saying, guys, you don't need $300 high-tech shoes to be able to run. Like go back to yeah. what nature has given you. And if you go back to beach walking and being in the sun and getting vitamin D and all those different things, your world is so much improved and your health is so much improved. It's like get back to nature. That's where it's at. It's true. And I think it's funny that we're being given now advice to, to do this and it's being called things. Like I, I, I thought it was really right. interesting. Um, I know. It's like ground. Uh, like forest bathing. What? For, I was going to that it was you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, I, that, that's a classic one. It's just like, well, why don't you just spend time in nature? <laughs> why do we have to call yeah, it something? Which I love. I love the concept of forest bathing. But it doesn't have to be cold a thing. It does. It's just like go outside. <laughs> we have to be told. We've forgotten. <laughs> exactly. But I do. Um, I, no, I just love the um, 
that grounding that you get from being connected to the earth and that iron exchange and so on is just yeah. so important. And yet, you know, we need to to make it a scientific, um, you know, uh, have a scientific rationale for doing it when it's just it's just it's what we're designed to be doing, but but we're just not. <laughs> yeah. Not, not enough common sense, I think, too much referral to what does the scientific data say? You know, nothing, not everything has to have a scientific study to, um, to be beneficial. But, yeah, we've sort of reduced it to that, haven't we? <laughs> we have. In your life as a naturopath, you practice for some time in a fertility clinic in Sydney. I find that so interesting as the world of um, fertility seems to be so saturated by conventional medicine and practices these days and there seems to be a fertility clinic popping up left, right and centre every time I turn around. What was it like to work within that culture and what were some of the key learnings for you about fertility as it relates to health and wellness and, and lifestyle? Yeah, so I guess there are a few key learnings here, but what what I really took out of it was one that it opened my eyes to you know women of all ages having hormonal problems and and hormonal issues being you know very common these days and I, and I think um, the statistics are definitely there showing that you know one in I think you've got you've got this one as so, well. You know, one in ten suffering from some sort of f- fertility problem, or one, one in, in seven six tennis. actually. To, to quote your ebook, <laughs> my ebook said one in six, six, one in six. So I think that one in six people are having a fertility consult, and then I think it's like one in ten might be having endometriosis, and one wow. in six or seven PCOS, and, and so on and so on. So I was actually seeing a, a lot of this. Um, what I was actually finding was that there was so much opportunity to transform that hormone balance um, naturally. And so I think that was what I found so fulfilling about this environment was that women were coming to me um, and men actually, um, because I must say, you know, we we don't, we really discount um, the impact that the environment is having on our sperm quality. But what I did find was that women were really receptive at this point to what I was recommending and we worked together to to make simple changes Um, and a lot of them revolved around food and lifestyle environment and that would actually be enough to get them to where they needed to be with their health. And so that was incredible. Um, I guess the other thing was that there were women who were having fertility challenges but a lot of the time, when when you looked looked at it more closely, there was an underlying reason, and we could find that reason, or I could work around it, and actually um, have them at a point where they were able to fall pregnant. Similarly, working together with people who were undergoing IVF as well, and um, obviously, sort of seeing that that process was interesting as well, because I didn't completely understand that it, that it was such a complicated process and that often it was unsuccessful um, when people weren't being given the right tools. So I think we sort of think of IVF as this fix all to fertility issues, but actually yeah. um, there's a lot you can do during that process to, to support that and to increase your chances of success as well. So I think it was really eye-opening and I, I, um, I do actually, it, it brings us back to that point again where, you know, there is so much opportunity to, to transform people's health using what's available to us naturally um, and changing a lot of our food and our lifestyle and all of the choices that we're making. And, and I think that that was um, incredibly fulfilling. And I feel though uh, as though the the people's lives that I touched during that time, um, I'm getting quite emotional. I was, I was, I'm so grateful Aww. I had that. You won't that be the first one. To do that. <laughs> 
and, and so I guess I'd love to continue on with 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 that, and I am doing doing that um, slightly a slightly different focus now with more of the sort of complexion side of things, but but definitely still still working to that capacity. That sounds like it's a really big passion area of yours, Anna. Oh, I just, I just love it. And I, I mean, you, you know, you wake up every day, you know, you know, sometimes there'll be challenges. And I think having that mission at the back of, of your mind and, and that vision is so important. And I'm sure that's what drives you as well, Liz. <laughs> Absolutely. But there must be, there must be almost no greater pleasure, I think, than working with a client who's having trouble conceiving. And then finally they conceive because of some lifestyle changes or different things that, that you've empowered them to do. And, you know, giving them the ability yeah. to create a new life and a new generation, that's quite overwhelming, isn't it? Well, it is. And it's, um, I often think it's, it's almost a bit of a, a miracle because when you think of all of the things that need to tie in and sort of align to have, have a baby born. And yet I, I think we underestimate again, how powerful we are to do that as well. So true. Let's stay on the topic of fertility for a second. It's something a lot of our customers have in front of their minds and, and people who listen to this podcast, especially in an era where women are leaving, having kids till later and there's often challenges that come with conceiving, as you've mentioned, and other aspects of fertility like um, PCOS, etc. I write quite a lot on topics around how synthetic scent affects your endocrine system, so hormones and neurotransmitters and so on. It's definitely a pet topic of mine because it feels really urgent but also really obvious. It's kind of the canary in the coal mine that's singing really hard but no one's paying attention to and it's definitely being ignored by the conventional health world at large. But from your point of view, what are you seeing as some of the key areas of environmental um, factors on fertility and why do you think that this one in six statistic um, is now so high compared to where it was, say, a generation or even two generations ago. Yeah, and it's so interesting that you say that. And, and firstly, I guess I won't answer your question straight away, but I will just um, comment on your comment around um, scent and, and fragrance. And I do think that's a big one. I think um, phthalates and synthetic fragrances are huge and, and overlooked and I think when you said overlooked by conventional health the conventional health world I would have to say is by the entire world I, I, I see agree. it a lot in um yeah I see it in a lot of natural products and it, it, it's so frustrating to me that um this is still still something that we we need to to raise awareness of um but that's exactly what we need to do but I guess the other thing we don't understand is that um a lot of the time we we some of these things is, is sometimes we're actually not in control of it because it could be something we're actually breathing in um, via the air or something that yeah, know, someone's true. actually sprayed into the water. air we don't have yeah. control over. Um, in, our, in our water, it could be, um, you know, on our and, and this we do have some control over on our furniture, but I guess there's, there's so many um, aspects now of um, this, I guess, contamination or endocrine disruption that, that's happening in our environment. And I think I'd just love to touch on a couple of things here. Yeah, please do. Um, I do have a stat. Um, it's on a, a study done across American girls from aging um, ages fourteen to nineteen, and um, and it's showing how many chemicals they they've been contaminated with, basically through body care products which contain phthalates, tricosylin, parabens, and so on. And so these um, teens are using about seventeen personal care products a day. So I think that the the problem can be starting from you know as early as not even 
a teen as early as you know below 10 when yeah. you know, as, as children we're starting to use our mum's products we're not really thinking about them um also like to sort of think about you know and another statistics which is probably commonly referred to but the the test of the umbilical cords of baby showing over you know 250 um, toxins neuroretardants and brain retardants and neurotoxins in those and um you know, at that point, I think when I sort of mentioned this, you know, women are, are interested in this because they, they know that these toxins have come from products they've been using on their body. And so I think personal care products are still a, a really big one. I'm not sure that that really um, is an environmental factor as such, but it is definitely something that I'm seeing. We are o- still overlooking. Um, there's xenoestrogens in these products that we're using, yeah. um, basically binding onto our estrogen receptor sites and, and causing an, an imbalance and contributing to infertility. But it's not the only thing. There, there is the use of plastic. There's use of plastic inside microwaves and dishwashers. There's um, things that we think are BPA-free, water bottles and so on. But actually, we, we don't really understand fully what else is in that plastic that could be disrupting us. Um, Plus the new bisphenols that have come out as well. So it's not just BPA, but it's is it BPS, I think, is the latest one. So things say BPA-free oh. and yet they've got other bisphenols that nobody is clued in about. So I, so I'll, often what I, I will do with, with women who are having these issues is we just get rid of all plastic and so using your, your Pyrex glass, um, storing, storing um, your food in those containers, avoiding using your microwave. Do we really need to use microwaves? I'm, I'm very big on not using microwaves, not putting your plastic in your dishwasher, um, avoiding, um, you know, vinyl and avoiding plastic toys and avoiding plastic wherever you can, I guess, um, but also looking at all of your cleaning products as well because I think that's one area where we definitely feel like we need to be using the harshest cleaner out there to, to kill all sorts of toxins and viruses and things like that. And so I think, you know, stripping that down and using basic things and I've got a, you know, post on that, how you can be using basic things like vinegar and bicarb and essential oils for your cleaning as well. Um, but I guess cleaning products are a huge one be- because they have fragrances in them, um, but also because they have a whole lot of other things that we don't even know they have in them. So, um, so I, I think that really, yeah, doing an, an audit of, of your home and really looking at what is it that you're being exposed to, what can you reduce, how can you reduce your plastic use, how can you eliminate fragrances, that is a big one. Um and also just the number of products that you're using on your body every single day because that that toxic load is really coming through. Um, I guess the other thing that um, I did want to mention here, and it's kind of escaped, escaped me for a minute, but um, I think that this also needs to be uh, an education process for men because sperm are very highly sensitive to perfluorated um, chemicals. And so PFCs are a huge one found in you know, high levels in the urine of men who who are um, infertile. And so really looking at that, really looking at how men can be reducing that the, the toxins that they're exposed to is also the phone is a big one. Where are they storing their phone? Looking at the products that they're using on their bodies. Um, sperm, sperm is highly sensitive and a lot of the time we forget that sperm is half the picture here. So um, is your husband still, your partner still using um 
you know, that aftershave that you, you got him, you know, 10 years ago. So, so looking at all of that sort of thing is really important as well. Yeah, and I want to just add that infertility can actually start in the womb, not for the mother, but for the child. And there are quite a lot of studies now that show that phthalates um, have a very marked effect on the development of children at, um, well, of people, let's say, from conception through to adulthood, specifically at those really key critical developmental stages. So in utero and then um, at puberty and um, there's a lot of data to suggest that the mother's exposure to phthalates actually has a very clear impact on the fertility of her baby boy that she's carrying. Isn't that crazy? And I, I have something to add there is that they, they do look at um, the toxic load that babies carry in their bodies when they're born and they can be carrying as many as 300 different, different chemicals in their bodies and and also the fact, you know, that is being added to with one, when well, they're now in the environment, they're now getting all of that environmental exposure, but also breast milk um, can often have a lot of those pollutants as well. So we're really not setting up our babies for the best start when, when they are coming into this environment already with this overload. Um, so I think really raising, again, awareness before we even fall pregnant because that is the key time is like even, you know, 12 months before you're wanting to to become pregnant. Um, but why even start then? Why not just be doing this now? Yeah. I, was, I always sort of think with, with pregnancy planning, it's like, well, I don't know. I think it's just a lifestyle that change that you need to be making now just to be more healthy. I mean, balancing your hormones isn't, isn't all about um, falling pregnant. It's actually about having the best um, health and wellness anyway, isn't it? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, aside from infertility, there's so many other problems that we do see with women's hormone health. So true. It's a good segue because I want to talk to you about, you've got a few eBooks on your website, which are all really good. The one I've been reading this week, which is about 50 pages, but 50 easy pages to read if anybody wants to download it. It's your inside out guide to pregnancy and luminous skin, which I thought was an awesome meshing of topics. <laughs> it appeals to both your um, <laughs> your selfish side and your unselfish side. <laughs> so I love that. Well, it does. And I think that's what I was wanting to really do because I feel like, well, you're making all of these changes, but there is going to be a positive impact to your complexion when you do so. And I, I think that's the beauty of um any sort of work you're, you're doing on yourself and your hormones. Um, and it's interesting, but, you know, I guess I see time and time again that, that that hormone imbalance can be causing significant skin issues. And I think the biggest one here is um, PCOS or um, insulin resistance, where we're, we're getting a lot of those breakouts occurring around the chin area. But then we also have other things like, you know, just that, that dullness or, or that lack of skin vibrance, which can occur with all sorts of hormone imbalances, um, you know, lack of estrogen, it could even be an over, um, you know, an, an imbalance of estrogen the other way as well that can be causing our skin um, to be looking a little bit tired. And so um, I guess what's interesting is that when when we do start to, to take that comprehensive detoxification and we start cleansing our body, we really start to see our hormones coming to balance, but also that our skin starts to, to radiate and and, um, and shine through. And so um, a couple of things that really help and the things that I really promote when I'm asking 
people to, to make some changes to their, their diet and their health is that that increase of fiber is so important. And I think these days we're, we're having about 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day when the recommended dose is around 30. But fiber is so important when it comes to a healthy gut. And when we have a healthy gut, we find that we can metabolize estrogen a lot better. So we're not having these estrogen dominant um, concerns, which we would get um, from a hormonal perspective. But then also what we're doing is we're shifting a lot of those excess toxins that can be wreaking havoc with our skin. So I find that um, actually looking at our gut health, getting in that fibre, actually switching to organic produce, and I didn't mention this before, but um, you know, avoiding the use of pesticides, that can have such a significant impact on the nutrient absorption um, and our, I guess our vitality because we're all of a sudden getting a lot of these antioxidants, we're getting all these nutrients from the food that we're supplying our body. But the other thing that, that I guess this does is we, we also sort of focus a lot on healthy fats. We focus on reducing inflammation in the body. And that has such a significant impact when it comes to our skin. Um, inflammatory skin conditions are things like you know, skin redness can show up as acne, can show up as all sorts of things that aren't desirable when it comes to our skin. But they can also be shown up on a hormone basis with um, PCOS and endometriosis and, and fibroids and so on. So reducing inflammation, having a lot of your healthy fats, which is so important for hormone balance, uh, can also be super, um, I guess, uh, rewarding for people. And the the other thing that I focus on um, in the book is is you know getting that protein intake. And I find that people, um, you know, be when they're on you know, specific diets or, or when they're just forgetting to, to eat well is that they, they may not be getting that those nourishing protein sources. Um, and so I feel like you know, getting that protein in, um, having all of those amino acids which are helping us to detoxify hormones but also helping us to build our neurotransmitters and build our hormones can be so important in our skin health as well. And our skin just loves all of these nutrients that we're starting to, to really pile up into our skin when we're doing um, hormone work and fertility work. Yeah, amazing. So you don't have to wait till you're pregnant to have glowing skin like everybody says, oh, you're glowing. You can do it before you get pregnant. <laughs> no, do it before. <laughs> Actually, it's a really good idea to do it before because what we, we don't often understand is that our successful pregnancy is not so much about the work that you're doing when you're pregnant or even a month or two before, but it it's extends back to you know, six to 12 months before you actually do fall pregnant. So that egg health is so important. And for people who want to have a look at that ebook, where on your website do we find it? Sure, yeah. You can just find that under the guide section of the learn part of ediblebeautyaustralia.com and you can just um, download that one for free. Beautiful. Awesome. Hey, let's switch up and talk about ingestibles. I am seeing ingestibles as you are everywhere now. Like I literally went into Coles, which by the way, I don't shop at Coles, but I was there the other day because I want to do a shout out for the small guys. I don't shop with the big guys, um, but I was there for a specific yeah. purpose the other day and I noticed they even have marine collagen now in the health food section and I'm thinking oh, oh ingestibles <laughs> are everywhere but oh they are aren't they I think it's saturated now yeah it is but obviously not all things are created equal um you have an incredible collection of ingestibles at edible beauty and I'd just love to know more about them and how we can choose ingestibles that are genuinely good for us and not just products that are marketing hype what do we look for and what do you offer that's a great question. Thanks, Liz. And I, I do want to bring this back to that that first, um, I guess, topic that we spoke about with respect to you know, choosing things that are in their whole form. And again, I think we're over-processing a lot of the wellness products that, that we're um, ingesting. And I do think um, 
there is something to be said for some of the marine collagen and, and bovine collagen out there. I mean, you would never be able to relate that back to its source um, because it is so highly processed and hydrolyzed um, in order for your gut to absorb it. So I just think we're well, looking at looking at wellness products that are food-based, that that are unprocessed, that that have a lot of antioxidants naturally in them, that are made here in Australia. I think there are some of the, the key things that I would be wanting to look at when I'm looking for a wellness product. Um, but but I guess in terms of what I what we offer on the site, I've created these these wellness supplements to really go hand in hand with some of the concerns that people have with respect to their skin and they're designed to support the body on the inside so for instance our native collagen powder which is our best-selling wellness product is all about giving your body what it needs to naturally produce collagen um, but also providing it with a, a bunch of antioxidants that are going to help to prevent that breakdown of collagen so I, I think that you yeah you need to be looking at things a little bit holistically when you are looking at your wellness products and I feel like this is an, a, a beautiful example of that. So that's our collagen powder. And then we've also got a beautiful beauty dew elixir, and that's um, designed as a, a hair, skin, and nail support. And it, it tastes delicious. It's also got an extract in there, which helps with hormone balancing when you're, you're experiencing hair loss related to, to high levels of, of testosterone. So that's a, a lovely um very liquid elixir which you can you know literally have every day and then we've also got a liquid detox shot which doesn't taste great but again has whole um, foods and herbs in there designed to actually stimulate your liver enzymes to start detoxifying some of these excess hormones and to give your liver that support it needs to to actually help your skin to to clear up as well if you are experiencing oily skin or or acne and then we've got a complexion protein which is um, a protein that's a a vegan protein with things like organic uh, rice protein and organic pea protein along with things like hyaluronic acid and digestive enzymes and brown rice peptides and I love this as a, a really highly absorbable form of protein which you can be using to supplement your diet especially if you're you're vegan or vegetarian and you're not getting the protein levels that you you feel you should be getting in your diet um and i missed this one but it's our gut replenish powder and this is a powder i've designed to make up for the fact that we're stripping a lot of the um polyphenols from our food supplies this is things like that are on the 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 skins the the peels and the seeds of of fruits and vegetables they seem to be removing those from our food supply and as a result of this um, our gut microbes can become quite unbalanced so this is a powder designed to get the gut back into balance and it's also got some lovely fiber in there like green um, banana resistant starch in there as well so i i love using all of these together there's there's no risk in doing so as such and they're they're food-based um, supplements, which is what I love about them because, again, we're using that that whole food. Uh, well, not so much the whole food, but we are using um, food-based ingredients in them. And can all of those ingestibles be used during pregnancy? So with respect to pregnancy, I would say some of them have herbs. So I'd be looking at um, getting some medical advice around them. It's just a standard sort of precaution. But um, our native collagen powder is um, a beautiful vitamin C rich powder. So one one teaspoon contains four times your RGIFC and that is one that is pregnancy safe. So I would say um, if you're wanting to just be conscious of your immune system and, and getting your antioxidants in, I'd be taking that one daily when you're pregnant. 
Yeah, and just touching base on the very first thing we talked about, which was your doctor's shocking advice, don't go to your GP and show him your supplements and ask if you can take them. <laughs> Please ask your naturopath or herbalist, not your doctor. <laughs> well, they're a medical practitioner as well, aren't they? So spot yes. on, good advice. But yeah, ask someone who We forget who about ourselves um, about sometimes. Him. Ask someone who actually knows. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I speak to a lot of women in the wellness industry and while we know the things to do to keep ourselves well and vital, often we're still struggling with balance and self-care almost as much as women in every other avenue of life. I guess it's just a sign of the times, but how do you, a woman with a dynamic business and a family, make time for wellness practices and habits that ensure you don't go down that rabbit hole of burnout and running like a rat on the treadmill like so many of us are? Yeah, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because there's just so many demands on on women, both women with kids and, and women without these days. And um, being in a lockdown situation right now, I, I feel like that's even increased a little bit because we're, we're at... Um, um, home and we're working a whole lot more and we've got a lot more to be a lot more responsibility actually um and what i i find is that you you know it sounds like it's quite simple advice but i think it tends to be what works best for me is just carving out that time that you you will take for yourself, regardless of what else is going on. So if it's that Saturday morning, if it's that, um, you know, Sunday afternoon, whatever it might be, carving that time and getting getting out of your whatever situation you might be in with your family um, and just taking that that hour um, to yourself to, you know, either spend time in nature to, to do what, what you enjoy doing, to walk or to exercise or so on. If you can do that two or three times a day, fantastic. Um, so I find that that weekly time, um, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but that weekly time to myself is really important. But the other thing I do is every single day, making sure that I take that time to meditate in the evenings. And I find that really fulfilling. And, and you know, you, you might be tired at the end of the day, so it might work better for you at the beginning of the day. I just find that at the beginning of the day, there's just too many things to do. But I know at the end of the day, um, unless I'm totally wiped out um there's not really an excuse to not spend that time to be meditating or doing something for yourself so it might not be meditating for you it might be reading it might be listening to your favorite music or, or something even if it's for a half hour or 20 minutes i find that really fulfilling um and then the other thing that i'm absolutely religious about and people um would know this if they've listened to a couple of these um that i've done is that i will always take my wellness supplements in the morning so I will wake up and without fail, I'll have a teaspoon of the collagen powder. I'll mix it in with the gut replenish. I'll put a greens powder in there. And I I don't have time to, for a smoothie, to be honest, but I'll mix it in with water and I'll take it. And I also am religious about taking um, B vitamins, magnesium and um, and zinc in the evenings. And, and so I find that, that if I can take those, then I actually feel like I've nourished my body and I've given myself, you know, that, that fuel to, to, to go for the day. It's not so much fuel, I guess, but it's more, I guess I've, I've nourished myself and I'm, I'm giving myself that, that extra boost that I need with my antioxidants, with my greens um, and with, you know, my gut powders. I feel like, you know, whatever that might be for you, you know, do that. If it's a smoothie, even better, like pack that smoothie in with as much nourishment as you can get in the morning. And, you know, that's something for you. So I feel like the three really simple things but really important things that I feel keep me going and um, I do them without fail so they're non-negotiable and I think that's where 
where you sort of need to get to with that because the moment you start to, to get a bit relaxed about them, the moment you start to forget yourself and that's when, you know, you do feel like you're, I loved your expression, you're going down the rabbit hole, <laughs> hole of burnout so um, or running like a rabbit on a treadmill. So I, I feel like, yeah, just taking that, that time for yourself nourishing yourself in the way that works for you is really important as well. Um, I must say um, another thing that I've been doing um, since I've received your beautiful body oil is I've been rubbing on that on my body every evening and I feel like that in itself is just, you know, respecting your body and nurturing your body and doing something that smells beautiful and feels beautiful and then going to sleep on that lovely note with those beautiful scents around you. So I might not be using a body oil, it might be, you know, having a candle, um, burning your candle, or it might be some incense or something like that. But I feel like fragrance is so powerful and so transformative as well. And when we do it to nourish ourselves, it feels like it, it can be quite powerful. So I feel like you should um, try to, to do something like that, I think, which incorporates the senses because um, they have such mood lifting qualities as well. Thank you for plugging. I didn't even have to pay you for that. No, you didn't, but <laughs> I, awesome. I was like, I've been doing it. It's, <laughs> and, you know, I've positioned it in um, my bathroom drawer. And so when I'm doing my nighttime routine and I'm brushing my teeth, you know, it's just now um, just a habit and I just don't feel good about myself going to bed without it. But it just it might not be a body oil that you, you want to use. It could be something else. But I feel like we we sometimes forget our body. Like we can remember our face quite a lot. <laughs> well, I remember yeah. my face because I, I feel like I, I should be really. Um, but, yeah, sometimes our body gets a little bit forgotten. And I, I think especially in winter we really start to notice that. <laughs> It's really true. I did a, a podcast episode, one of the early ones, maybe it's five or six, with Dale from Nooni Wellness, and we talked about uh, breast cancer and, and breast health and so on. And in the prior conversation, I believe it might have even been before we recorded the podcast, she talked to me about breast massage and how that was quite game-changing for her and so on. And and I have to say, as a woman in my 40s, I've kind of been, been ignoring that part of my body. And, uh, and after we did that podcast, I decided to start breast massage just for, you know, just relearning your body and attending to your body. And so I use a, a body oil, our body oil, of course, for breast massage every day. And you're really right what you say. We have yeah. forgotten about our bodies. Our faces are there. We we kind of focus on anti-aging and, and, and wanting to have our skin fresh and clean and looking good. But the body just kind of, you know, we're lucky if we slap something on it ever. Yeah. Something really special, I think, about an oil. We can really touch and really feel and, you know, move the fluid around the body and really feel our curves and get reconnected with ourselves. That's it, isn't it? And I and I speak about lockdown again, but I feel like it's not as easy to get that massage that you used to get um, from someone else. So why not just start doing it yourself as well, and just really start enjoying that and getting familiar with your your body. And 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 I think I'd love to actually listen to that podcast you've mentioned because. It's something I've, I've, you know, you just forget about your breasts as well, don't you? You do. They have their time when you're feeding your baby and you're sort of done. Absolutely. And I think anyone that, when I mentioned that, anyone who had that gut churning, oh, my breasts kind of feeling in their belly, I would challenge everybody to go back and have a listen to that podcast because it really is game changing to hear Dale talk about the relationship we have with our breasts and how, how for her, having had to remove them with the BRCA2 gene, how it totally changed the way that that she saw her body. And so I would encourage um, everyone who has that 
that visceral reaction to their bodies to go back and have a listen. I, I think it's around five or six, but if you just look, um, it's uh, with Dale, Dale from Nooney Wellness. It's a really good one. Perfect. No, I'll definitely have listened to that. that. That's really informative as well. Um, and aside from the actual fact that we should be doing this anyway, because it's a recommended um, medical um, pr- pr- well, process as well, isn't it, for breast cancer checking. So I, I love that advice. Definitely. And lastly, Anna, we're coming to the very end, but I, honestly, I could think I could talk to you for another three hours, but we might have people dropping <laughs> off. <laughs> how do we find out about Edible Beauty and where do we find your products and how do we learn more about your brand and even about you personally if we want to follow along? Yeah, sure. So if you um, hop onto ediblebeautyaustralia.com, we've got so much information on there on our blog. You can learn so much about um, holistic practices and, and how to, you know, address your skin concerns or how to um, avoid um, xenoestrogens in, in your, your products and your cleaning products and so on. Um, you can download the guides as well. Um, but you can also check us out on Instagram. I, I'm quite sort of active on Instagram. I, you know, we do our, our lives. I'm actually really happy that we'll have, have you featured Liz um we also I do also informative videos and and so on so if you check us out on Instagram that edible beauty au that'd be a great idea as well that's awesome it's been such a pleasure and so fun talking to you today and I really appreciate you coming on I really enjoyed it Liz I, I feel like we're we're definitely so aligned and um it's so wonderful to have met you and thank you for all of the amazing work that you're doing in this space as well That's my pleasure. I feel so much the same. Looking forward to meeting you in person. (laughs) Thank you, Liz. We will do one day. Take care.